Welcome, 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 or welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. I am Zen, and in the studio with Katharina. Hi, and Kristen. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah. And this is a podcast that's all about travel, be it destinations, customs, food, technology, and exploring the world. As Americans, one of the first ways that we're introduced to different countries is, or different cultures for that matter, is through the food. It tells us a lot about their unique agricultural conditions, their cultural, um, their cultural norms, and the, the inhabitants themselves. And that's why so many food shows that you see out there, kind of like Parts Unknown by Anthony Bourdain, um, rest in peace, mm. um, are also such amazing travel shows. They're a food show, but they're a travel show. Or are they a travel show that just happens to feature the food? I'll let you make the call. <laughs> you never thought yeah. of it that way? Well, now I did. Now you do. Okay. <laughs> so in the spirit, this week, we're going to talk about some of the foods that we've encountered around the world and what makes them so special. So everyone ready? So mm. stick around after our sponsor break. We've another interesting podcast coming up. Meet Us in Paris is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. You can find us at ce.uci.edu. Dream big, take risks be amazing okay. who wants to go first i can yay oh yeah i can't wait what <laughs> so I, want your polish, I want to learn more about polish food uh, all i know is oh no no okay the well donuts. never mind we a whole there's, section there's, on donuts. there's one polish thing okay i added in but not the donuts okay well no we know about the donuts yeah, but i want to hear some other ones too so okay okay you're on Catherine. oh i'm on yeah. already okay he's like you'll go first oh yeah, that was when we were on. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Take it, it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm like still not awake, I guess, today. Um, so I was recently in Barcelona and I had their churros con chocolate. Oh, Which yes. was super good. Have you guys been to Barcelona? Actually, yes. I have not. You have? Did you have it, Kristen? I don't think so. Oh, well, it's in so many different cafes. They give you. Um, Little like chunks of churro, not like the long ones. They're like that little mini, to, like little mini churros, ones, right? yeah. and they put them uh, next to a cup of warm hot chocolate Maybe liquid. I did have this? I can't remember. But, but anyways, it's like I know a what thick you're chocolate, about. and mm-hmm. you dip it in. So then um, I ate that like almost every single day. Well, why not? Of course, <laughs> it was delicious. Yes. Um, even on a hot day, I was like, this is totally fine. Yeah. So yummy. And then pair it with like a cappuccino or espresso on the side. Can really you remind good. me, are there churro- churros to me as a SoCal kid are like the quintessential Disneyland snack. And those are always coated in like the cinnamon and sugar. Are the churros in Barcelona? No, okay. they weren't. No it's coating. Bread. Okay. Just oh, what's the bread. It, so there's no just sugar? No... no sugar on top. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then you have the chocolate. So you would dip it in. Yeah. So I looked into actually the history of the churro because I always thought it, I mean, living in Southern California, I thought it was from Mexico. Oh, I just thought it was from Disneyland. (laughs) No, seriously. It took a long time. I think maybe when like Taco Bell or Del Taco started offering churros is when I learned that it was not a Disneyland. It was like I thought it was a Mexican food too. Anyways. So I guess the history of the churro is very complicated. 
So some historians say that the Spanish churro is actually a descendant of a Chinese pastry. Whoa. Yuqiao? Yes. That's wow. how you pronounce it. Yuqiao. Yuqiao. So the story goes that the Portuguese explorers brought Yuqiao back to Iberia, where it where it then took on its distinct star-edged shape and sweetness as the pastry gained popularity throughout Spain. But then others say that the churro was an invention of Spanish shepherds who fried a dough made of flour, water, and salt, and the same base ingredients as the churro we know. And then the story also says that the name for the pastry was supposedly inspired by the rigid horns of the native churra sheep in Spain. But even though there's some confusion where the churro is from, history is certain that the ch- um, when the chocolate got involved with the pairing of the churro, that's actually pure Spanish. So okay. when the Spaniards went to South America during the 1500s, they returned back to Europe with the cacao bean. Yes. And then that's when they okay. started pairing it with the churro. Nice. Yeah. Very so. interesting. Yeah, so that was delicious. Yes. So good. So not from Mexico. <laughs> or Disneyland. Or Disneyland. Yeah. Um, so as you guys know, Polish. I'm Polish. Go to <laughs> Poland a lot. I'm not going to talk about Polish donuts. But this little tiny candy called Krówki. And that translates to little cow. Oh. So here's the packaging. So it's like a little tiny candy Paper wrapped with a little image of a cow. How big are those? Like just like uh, how do you say like that? A, like like a, a Jolly Rancher size? A little yeah. bigger. A little bigger. Than, like okay. a fun size Snickers. Okay. I was gonna say it looks like the image that you're showing almost looks like a small, like about the size of like the mini Tootsie rolls that you got. Yeah, like you that. Like, I guess. Okay. Yeah, like two of those together for okay. the thickness. Okay. So it's made from creamy caramel mix of milk, butter, and sugar. So it's kind of a hard outer shape, and like the inside, the caramel kind of melts in your mouth mm-hmm. almost. And um, so the history of the caramels in Poland goes back to the 20th century. Um, it began pr- production in the 1920s. And despite even all the difficulties during World War II, they kept production going without stop. Wow. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah. So they kept going. And they even started manufacturing it in their gardens, in what? different people's gardens during wow. the war. <laughs> so they could keep making it. <laughs> that, to me, is like their version of the Twinkie. Because you remember when the Twinkie almost went out of business and everyone freaked out they, and they, like they, they actually it. did. They actually did go out of business. You could get a Twinkie for like a year. Was oh. it a year? Like a year, or okay. maybe even longer. Like they were going on eBay for like, yes. <laughs> like a hundred. But bucks. everyone in the country like freaked, and whoever bought the recipe, and anyways, they made them again. And it just makes me think, like, even in hard times, yeah, the they Polish were still people were still it. going for it. Yeah. So, and they're pretty good. Nice. You can even buy them here at okay. like different European delis, I guess. Yeah. Um, what is the consistency? Is it like a tootsie roll? Um, like kind of chewy or. Uh, kind of chewy, but not as chewy. The mm-hmm. outside is a little harder, and when you bite into it, the mm-hmm. caramel and the milk, it's like condensed milk with caramel, and just kind of becomes gooey. Yeah. And it's okay. really good. I'll get some, and I'll bring them in for you guys. Yes. You can try it. There's like a long list of things that oh, we have to try. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, so I'm talking all about desserts. Um, yeah. 
Have you guys been to Paris? Yes. Of course. Of course, right? Meet us there. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. our whole thing in Paris. <laughs> I think that's a requirement all of us had to go to Paris. Um, but have you guys been to that Café La Dure? I did not go. I but I, They so. have them now in the U.S., yes, right? Yes, they have them now, but the original one is yes. in Paris. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just like um, Paul. Yeah. Paul is starting to come to the United States. Yep. I is see it? The baguettes Paul is and on the sandwiches. Is, you can find them on the East Coast in Washington, D.C. and a couple of cities like so that. Good. It's not as good. I'm sure it's oh. not because it's they not can't get good. all those fresh ingredients like you can get in Europe. They, you know what? Maybe they fly the, the food, shelf lives. No, 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 no. no. They're, they're baking it here <laughs> in the United States. The food is good. But it's just something, I mean, I think it's got to be the French water. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways. Maybe. La, Anyways, la, yeah. La, la, la Durée. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. La Durée? La Durée. Okay, oui. I can't do that. That's okay. <laughs> la Durée. So, my favorite pastry pastry there was the macaroon. Or is oh, it pronounced yes. macaron? Macaroon? Macaron? Eh, macaroon. Macaroon. Okay. So, they had this one delicious. It's like a large macaroon. And inside it was um, passion fruit Ooh. and rose flavor and raspberries. Yes. And I remember you just get in this beautiful box and then you just open it and you eat it and you take it to the sun and just like, it was great. So, but do you guys know where, what the origins are of the macaron? No. It's not France? Correct. Well, it looks like a little mini hamburger. <laughs> so where does that take me? Nowhere. Well, it's, okay, it's kind of French, kind of not. Uh, Swiss? Belgian? Dutch? Venetian. Okay. Yeah. Just, just south of their border. Yeah. Right. So it all started in the Venetian monasteries in the 8th century. Love it. During the Renaissance. Uh Catherine de Medici's Italian pastry chef made them for her, and then she brought them back to France. Wow. And then they became even more popular um, in 1791. Um, They became famous when nuns started baking them during the French Revolution in order for them to pay for their housing. (laughs) Aww. That's so, so cute, though. These nuns became known as the Macaroon Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of my next band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they made them without any filling. So just like... Oh, okay. So macaroons back then didn't weren't actually like looking like the hamburger. Like the sandwich. It was just like the meringue, egg, I was going to say, then it would, but they called them meringues then. Right. right. They were still yeah. like in the pictures. Really? They were still flat. Okay. I guess. Just like... Mm. If you took it apart, yeah, like what we have now little, without like, the filling. Part, yeah. So but then it takes us back to La Dure Cafe in Paris. And in the 1930s, the owner, um, his name is Pierre. <laughs> of course it is. Pierre de Sofontis <laughs> of the French pastry La Dure. He was actually the one that created the hamburger style ah. of the macaron. Oh. So he was the first one to actually put a jelly or jam okay. inside in the middle and then that's how and when was that this was in 1930s okay so somewhat recently yeah. all things considered yeah. Yeah. yeah so you have to go to that cafe and that's where it all started nice yeah all right not bad road trip <laughs> as always i mean we could go to la and get them 
Yeah, we could do that as well. Yeah, we forget how lucky we are being close to L.A. You have access to a lot. Well, just California in general, we have access to a lot. Yeah. Just like it's such a mishmash of so many cultures that we can do virtually everything. And I don't know if this is true or not, but when I went to the one in L.A., they told me they actually ship it from Paris. I don't know how true that is, but Mm. it comes frozen. Oh, I don't know if that makes it better or worse then. Yeah. But, I mean, you have the French... um, the French water in yeah, air. And it no, makes the, French, better, the French right? chickens. The French chickens. <laughs> because better. it's Almond from flour eggs. Yeah. and the yeah. eggs and yeah. But cool. Nice. You want to go next? Sure, go? sure. Um, I think most people when they travel, they want to find out what's local and what places are known for. And I think sometimes that's really hard to maybe even get like a, an authentic version mm-hmm. of it. Um just because, I don't know, if it's something, like, for instance, in New York, everyone wants a hot dog, so you go to those yeah. hot dog carts, but how, that those are never the best hot dogs I've ever had, you know what I mean? But, yeah. Anyways. But you have to eat one still. Yeah, but you could, yeah, but that, at that point, you're just doing it to say you did it. Yes, It's not necessarily true. the. Enjoyable. Yeah, the food itself. But, um, um, anyways, I just got back from Morocco, and we were really, like, I was there for a conference, and, um. They did host a lot of, like, the traditional meals for mm-hmm. us. And so I I felt, like, lucky that it wasn't – we just run out of, like, a fast food place or whatever <laughs> that is in Morocco. But um, at any rate, so much good food. And one of my favorites is the pastilla. And um, – What is that? This is – it's funny because I ate so much thinking it was the entree and later learned oh, it was the no. appetizer. <laughs> And it's huge. So um, it is a Maghreb dish. So the Maghreb is um, the French-occupied northern Africa. So that's like modern-day Morocco, Tunisia, Algeria is considered like the Maghreb. Mm. Um, And it is essentially like a meat pie. So it's like um, minced meat, um, but it's also mixed in with like um, almonds and like cinnamon and stuff. And then it's put in this flaky pastry crust. So it's almost served. It looks like a little cake, you uh-huh. know. But and you then, have your own individual one? Or is no, this like one big one for everyone? They give you one big one that's like the size of the table. And then you like oh my cut it into pieces almost like a pie. But then like the flaky crust too, it's like glazed and it has almonds and cinnamon. And so together it's really it's this like mix of savory, savory sweet mm. thing that is actually really polarizing. So some people really hated it because of that. Um, <laughs> Um, and I just loved it. I thought it was really delicious the way they did it. And um, I was looking it up for this, um, like the history. And I guess traditionally these are made with <laughs> fledgling pigeons as oh, the what? meat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did think. You, did you eat pigeon? I cannot confirm nor deny that it was <laughs> pigeon in oh, my pastilla gosh. that I had. Um, well, what a great use for a pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're overpopulated as it is. Um, I think now they substitute with like almost anything. So it could have been chicken, beef, lamb. I don't know. Could have been pigeon. But at it any rate. Good. I mean, the meat. Part. Yeah. Yeah. And like it really is. So at least it was the way pigeon, the, it was good. Yeah. The most delicious pigeon I ever had. Um. <laughs> it, it was just an overwhelming mix of the savory and sweet that I loved. I thought it worked so well. But some people were really turned off yeah. by that. I think because... You know, for us, we need our dessert sweet and our non-desserts not yeah, so sweet. Um, but also, I think um, they were saying with a lot of, you know, the um, 
the Moorish influences between like Morocco and Spain. Um, I think the Spanish have a version and they might have called it like the Bastia or something mm. like that. Um, but at this point, it is like um, what is served in Morocco is like a traditional Moroccan dish um, called the pastilla. And it is supposed Thanks. to be a starter. Okay. So if they serve you a big one, just hold off. Oh, jeez. Was Don't the dinner overdo portion it. smaller then? Like, do they do big appetizer, small dinner? No, they <laughs> literally served us an entire lamb. Like, each table, oh, wow, a lamb. And it was like, you could tell what it was. So it was quite horrifying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And <laughs> Were the eyes closed? Americans. There, I, there wasn't, the like, head. the head. So, but it was like, you can see the bones and it was like spread out and then oh no i know but thank goodness they had someone come cut it up and carve it and serve it because we were all looking at it like no <laughs> one knew to where do? to start didn't know what to do with this so and of course if, if you are a vegetarian or I, i'm not but thank even goodness. just seeing it yeah. Yeah. That's hard a little to bit look at. so you yeah. may be a vegetarian now <laughs> <laughs> no i'm Especially not actually a little lamb no i know i know <laughs> But um, that didn't stop me. I still <laughs> is it good? <laughs> yes, and I I love lamb too. Yeah. Actually, so it's, it's so good. I know. I'm sorry if there are vegetarians out there. And actually, the girl next to me was a vegetarian, so she it, she was oh, fine. Was so it wasn't much. like too traumatizing. But so she tells the waiter, like, "Can I get a vegetarian dish?" And they go, "Yeah, we'll bring you some fish right now." And she was like. Okay. <laughs> so they brought her did plate she of eat fish. the fish. I think she did. I think she was yeah, really she was hungry. So, coffee. yeah. Oh my but um, that pastilla is amazing, and I think it's so unique. I really haven't had anything else like it. And um, kind of along those lines too is uh, Harira soup is a Moroccan soup, and it's um it's kind of like a vegetable soup, but it is so named because they use Harira spice in it. Mm. So it's mm. a really good like a red broth um, kind of little spicy, spicy kick. Oh, Not. Not bad. It just tastes very flavorful. Mm. Um, so Kinda I love like that pep- too. Like a paprika co- where yeah. you get the color, but not necessarily a heat. <laughs> totally. Like and I think um, Morocco seemed to be a good place where you could easily get like local cuisines. It didn't feel too infused with um, other stuff. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I felt like it seemed pretty easy to get traditional dishes like everywhere. That's good. And it was delicious. Um, so that is one. And um, the second one actually kind of jumps off all these French pastries. But um, I studied abroad in Bordeaux, mm-hmm. France. Mm-hmm. And one of the <clears throat> first days we get there, they had arranged a bunch of um, excursions for us. So they take us to this little uh, medieval town. And there was a bakery there and everyone like went in and got stuff. And we came out, the woman was like asking me like, what'd you get? I was like, oh, I got a macaron. She's like, no, 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 you mean a cannelé. And I was like, no, macaron. And she was like, why didn't you get a cannelé? Like she was horrified um, (laughs) that I didn't get a cannelé because um, I didn't realize it. But cannelés are a Bordelais dessert. And they're just, not only are they well known for them, but it's like people over France come to Bordeaux just to get these cannelés. Um, Did she march you back in? It's like you are purchasing. No, <laughs> no, but probably only because I didn't have any more money. She would have. <laughs> she wouldn't buy you one. I know, rude. But there's a group of a lot of us, um, yeah. and I guess they gave us a whole lecture about how we should try cannelé. But I was not Wait, listening at the time, <laughs> so she was probably rude or offended that I was so rude. But at any rate, these cannelés um, are amazing. They originated in Bordeaux, France. They are. They kind of look like little mini bunt cakes that have been filled in, and they're pretty small, um, mm. almost 
bite size. They actually make mm-hmm. them ranging from like bite size to maybe the biggest I've ever seen is maybe like the size of a coffee cup. And they are like breaded. And I can't even describe it because the inside is kind of like a custard center, yeah. but it's not a liquid custard. It's almost like a breaded custard it's still. so good. You've it's had like, them? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it like almost like bread pudding, but yeah. not in, the in like its own little edible form yeah, almost? Yeah, it's almost so bite you are. I haven't tried it. So they're they're flavored with um, rum and vanilla. And when I was researching this, what I found out was so interesting is that they originated because in France they had specific pastry guilds. So almost like unions that you had to be oh. in to bake certain foods. So um, these chefs were not a part of this. France's like main pastry guild, so they were not allowed to cook with milk or sugar. What? What? Yeah, look, <clears throat> look it up. That's so crazy. they were able to create these pastries without milk or sugar. So that's why they use like rum and vanilla, and they created high, high fructose. Yes, <laughs> yeah. high octane stuff. <laughs> but um, they actually, I have seen these cannelés now in Trader Joe's. So I think they're huh. really quite popular in like the frozen um, dessert oh. sections. I'm gonna to go get look this. it up now. Yeah, really delicious. A really specific regional treat, um, and I have seen them like in Paul's. <laughs> like almost any France hmm. cafe now will have cannelés as a like dessert even option. French cafes here. Have, have you seen them there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I Pete's Coffee but... even has. <laughs> Pete's yeah. Coffee. See, you know what? They have made their way around because before I went and studied abroad, I knew nothing about those. And now I see them everywhere. So, okay. yep. So, worthwhile. So, those are my two. That's you, Zen. I got too many. Um, passing on the baton. I'm going to, um, I wasn't intending on doing this. I don't know the history, but I might as well, I, since you were talking about, um, oh, God. Churros? Churros. <laughs> <laughs> And just did a motion of a chair. Yeah, just kind of like, <laughs> like I'm yeah. stretching something. Yeah. Um, one of the things, uh, since we were talking about Yutiao, I'll t- talk a little bit about it. I can't tell you about the oh, history. Yeah. The base of like what they thought the churro well, came from. I can't, yeah. Which Yes. The, so um, Yutiao is a, it's, it's, it's like they call it a Chinese donut sometimes. It's the shape of a stick. It, it's not pleated <clears throat> unlike a churro. <clears throat> it's just kind of like a long mass, like a baguette. Um, <laughs> it, it, they're they're usually about you know roughly about twelve inches and maybe about an inch and a half long. Oh, uh, in what width? Wide. You know, about mm-hmm. wide. Okay. Um, they are savory. <laughs> they are not. Um, they are not sweet. Mm-hmm. They have lots of whole like a lot of air gaps in them. In, in mm-hmm. them, they t- can be when they are fresh. Cooked, they can be a little bit softer, but also sometimes they can be a little bit crispier as well. <clears throat> um, typically eaten in the mornings, um, and I know specifically from Taiwan, often served with instead of hot chocolate, they're served with um, soy milk. So you can have the soy milk either sweet sweetened mm-hmm. or which is you know which is very yummy or you can also have the soy milk as a regular flavor just and but they're always they're typically warmed so you dip it in there you eat it in that manner is it is it like a dessert <clears throat> no, no 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 it's it's almost like like a breakfast you said right so it's like their yeah. cereal equivalent almost it, yeah oh. like just served as a breakfast cereal. yeah 
I was thinking of it as like our milk and cookies, but no. The other thing is, yeah, and yeah, I don't. I mean, typically it's a it's morning thing. Like a thing. big cornflake. <laughs> the other thing one is, they one. tend to be very. They're very greasy. They're oh. very greasy, and so they're very oily on the outside. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is that they're the when you go from vendor to vendor to vendor. Um, so lots of times what would happen is like I'd wake up in Taiwan and it's like, okay, I want to go get something to eat. You go downstairs, you like leave the apartment or whatever building you're in and you wander the streets and then they'll have vendors that are outside and they're selling these types of baked goods. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forgot one more part, but I'll come back. And then you can buy it <laughs> off the street, bring it back home and then you go eat the darn things. And, um, they're a little bit greasy. The other thing is they sell another type of bread think it's a it's shopping or it's like a it's a flatbread that's uh with sesame seeds on the outside mm-hmm. and they're kind of layered a little bit harder not exactly they're layered kind of like a like if someone took a a croissant and flattened it out and made it a little <laughs> bit harder mm. and this is a crazy thing they'll take this shopping and then they'll actually wrap this flat kind of bread let's say it's roughly the shape of a tortilla and wrap it like a hot dog <laughs> Wrap the 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 yu chow in the middle of it, so it's like a high carb breakfast. You're having bread <laughs> wow. with your bread, wow! And you can dip it. You can also cut the stuff and um, like in little tiny chunks that are roughly about a square inch piece. Sometimes you'll put them into soups and such like that. Wow! But it's a very very traditional kind of savory kind of food. Everyone, every vendor that you go to has a. It tastes slightly different, different. Mm-hmm. and they they don't want to share their secret ingredients, whatever their secret sure. ingredients yeah. is. So as a kid, you know, I grew up in Ohio. I keep on saying this. Mm-hmm. I lived um, in the Cleveland area, and there was only one place that served this type of UTO, and it would t- it was it was kind of hard. So we would travel. You know, we lived outside of Cleveland, and we'd drive half an hour to go into Cleveland, and you would. They would sell out in the morning. If you didn't get it in the morning, like within an hour or two, you that's it. You had to come back the yeah. next well, day. Yeah. Um, but they were, it's like, how come they don't have more people selling these things? And my mom's like, well, you know, the thing is, it's kind of a secret, you know? Hmm, so, sure. so that's, that's the UTO thing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. So we just did Chinese. I'm going to go with, um, Chilean food. I love Chilean? Chilean food. <laughs> oh, okay. I love Chilean food. Oh, um, one of the sorry. things they have is um, called a completo, mm. if you've ever been there. A completo um, in English means complete. Mm-hmm. And what it is is a hot dog. Now, picture this. First of all, <clears throat> the bread is soft like an American, but it's more like a hoagie-sized kind ah. of bread. can be 10 inches or 11 inches. Yeah. Then you throw in your hot dog, which is more, you know, like a Vienna sausage, but like a long Vienna sausage, 10 to 12 inches long. And then on top of it, you're going to start throwing all sorts of other ingredients. You can start uh, avocados, mayonnaise, tomatoes. Um, There's uh, just lots and lots of tomatoes, onions, um, sauerkraut. And then you just keep on layering it until you can't see the hot dog anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And so until you get something roughly the size of a deflated football. And that's a complete, like, essentially, you could could cut one of these in half and you can share it with somebody. And you can, everywhere you're in Chile, 
first of all, in Chile, everything is served with an avocado on top of it. But <laughs> do they can... charge extra for avocado? No, they do not charge oh, extra for nice. avocado. <laughs> so we need to go there. Yeah. yeah. And everywhere you go, they have like essentially like a hot dog counter, like something like we might have, like a hot dog place. They'll have hot dog places, but mm. they're kind of more like a diner kind of places that serve them. And they also have places like um, uh, vendors as well. Um, apparently, this started in 1920s in the Plaza de Armas downtown. Mm. So downtown Santiago, Santiago. Ch Chile mm. is something called the Plaza de Armas. Down there, there's that's where kind of like the business banking district governmental mm -hmm. buildings are there. And someone opened up a shop. My understanding is they came from the United States, saw the American hot dogs, say, <laughs> thought uh, this was a great idea, yeah. <clears throat> brought it back to um, Chile, but started using the more traditional Chilean ingredients. And so this is their own version of, I mean, like kind of like a chili dog out of um, New York. So it's a very- <laughs> That's ironic. But, yeah, it's a very specific- chili dog. Oh God. Yeah. <clears throat> That's Good where my one. head bum, is bum, bum. Yeah, I know. All right. But so when you order a completo, uh -huh. are there different options? Like, can you choose like meats and vegetables or do you just, that is what it is? You can, you know, there are different, I cannot remember all the different types of completos, but it's okay. kind of like a, there are. a chili. There are different, like, you know, there's a Chicago dog and there's like okay. a New York chili yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have various versions of completos. Okay. But I just, just because, you know, being, coming, uh, going to visit them, I tend to go for the get everything on it completo yeah, that everyone totally. tends to eat. Yeah. I kind of feel like you. Sh I want to be a traditionalist first, and then as I become more sophisticated, I can <laughs> eat the variations that sure. I might like more. Yeah. But I'm, I, I haven't gone to that level yet, so okay. I'm just, I just eat regular completos. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, I'm going to, since we're talking about chili, chile, chile, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with something domestic. Yeah. Um, talking about Ohio again. In Cincinnati, Ohio, there is something called Cincinnati Chili. Hmm. Have you guys heard of this stuff? Yeah. No. Okay. Huh. Cincinnati Chili is a specific regional chili that they serve only in Cincinnati. And what it typically is, it's like a very, very thin meat sauce. And the meat sauce is, so it's almost like, it's like liquidy. You don't see much meat mass mm -hmm. in it. It's just like it's been ground and it's turned almost into oh a liquid. Gosh. It's a dark brown. It's served on spaghetti. There's something called a two-way mm -hmm. and a three-way. A two-way is usually, <laughs> two more things is a two-way is served with chili on spaghetti with cheddar cheese, finely ground, and onions. And then you have one more level, which is a three-way, and I believe... Oh, God. You guys are smiling, and yeah, I had no been. idea what you guys were, like, laughing about. And now, all of a sudden, like, I'm blushing, because now I know why you guys are laughing. <laughs> no, we're just letting you talk. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I am... Um, and they, I believe the other one has beans on it. And then you take this, and you take... Tabasco sauce, and you pour Tabasco sauce all over yes. the dark thing, and then you eat it together as a uh, as a whole. The interesting thing about the chili is, sorry, okay, <laughs> still laughing about it. <laughs> I got the giggles now. Oh my god! The last thing you want in a three way is chili, <laughs> <laughs> or extra onions and beans. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, 
is um, the meat sauce has uh, usually nutmeg, and it has um, spices that you usually don't find in American-style chilies. And the reason why, and and quite often, lots of people say the secret ingredient is uh, dark chocolate, unsugared dark chocolate, because it has that bitter flavor in it. And they say that this is, it came from a Greek immigrant around 1900. What? Uh, To Cincinnati? To Cincinnati, I'm sorry, 1910, around 1910, 1920, came to Cincinnati. And there is a Greek dish, which is made from meat sauce with um usually like an elbow macaroni okay and um he essentially took that type of traditional um greek food and adopted it to spaghetti i have no idea where the tabasco sauce came from he's trying to be american (laughs) he's trying to be all those american products (laughs) just throw them in and and it's it sounds completely bizarre you know with cheddar cheese and Tabasco sauce and this sauce, like this meat sauce with made with chocolate. But somehow, once you start eating it, it's amazing. I didn't start eating it until I was in college, and now it's like an addictive kind of thing. Sure. I actually had to make like a gallon batch every couple of (laughs) months or something like that. So, Cincinnati chili, um, a completo from Chile. I needed one more chili. Oh, that was three. I could do one more pastel de choclo. Bring it on. Okay. <clears throat> so pastel de choclo is one of my favorites. If you've ever eaten a shepherd's pie, um, have you guys had yes. shepherd's pie? I feel like I have. Didn't so, you make a shepherd's pie? Definitely t- not. I can't cook that oh. sophisticatedly. I feel like someone at our, someone, we had an international yeah. potluck. Maybe Tim? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Tim, Yeah. Yeah. At any rate, I've had them, but I have not cooked yeah. them. <laughs> oh, I cook them. They're so good. Um mm. A traditional shepherd's pie is not a sweet thing like you might think when it comes to pie. It is a meat base um, put into a deep casserole dish or smaller di- uh, uh, bowl. And then on top of it, you, so there's meat sauce with like usually peas and a couple other ingredients in there. And then on top of it, you put mashed potatoes and then you stick that thing into the oven and you bake it. Hmm. Um, Scottish, I think. I think it's Scottish. Isn't it Irish? Irish. Shepherd's pie. I think it's from those aisles. It's, yeah, one of those. <laughs> Someone. The, yeah, we should know. So pastel uh, de choclo is, it's similar where they have kind of a meat-based sauce, chunky meat-based sauce. They'll have full olives in there without the pits, cuts of slices of hard-boiled egg in it. And then on top, instead of having the mashed potatoes, they'll have something that's not unlike a tamale. Um, mm. Like a, so, it's like a um, cornmeal, corn-based kind of um, slosh that's put on top, and once again, this thing is baked, and it's a savory dish. And typically, it's baked in a six to eight-inch uh, bowl that comes from a city called Pomare in mm. in Chile. So it's a it's kind of a very crude bowl, and they're made out of this kind of dark kind of almost like brick-like kind of material. Mm-hmm. And as you cook in these things over the years, supposedly the things that are cooked in there taste better and better because sure. the, the 
the actual bowl is slightly porous. Um, hmm. But that is something, if you are in Chile, you got to have this stuff. It's, yeah. It has a very savory flavor, but there's also touches of sweetness between like the onions and maybe a little sweetness from the corn. Mm-hmm. And then you have the savory flavors of the meat sauce. Um, it's it's just something that it's just amazing. So yeah. that's that's it. Well, I, for, I have one more ooh. thing that I forgot about. Um and it's, I guess it's not that exotic, but um, it blew me away at the time. Um, poutine. Is, where, where you mean from Canada? Poutine is Canadian. Yeah. Um, and I had no clue what it was, and for some reason in my head it was like a dipping sauce. Like I thought it was a weird gravy. I don't know why. Well, poutine is. Do you know where it's from in Canada? No, nope. no. It's from Quebec. Okay. So the French Canadian area. And <clears throat> I was just looking up right now, and it's actually only been around since the 1950s, was oh. when it was um, founded. It emerged in the late 1950s. And it originally was really only served at what they called like the greasy spoon, like diners. Yeah. Um, but now it's like. It's high. I, you yeah. can find it anywhere. Now everywhere has like a nice uh, version of it. But. When I was in Quebec, I did have it just for the sake of, you know, that I want to say I had it. And it was so good. Like, I was in love with it. It, And it's like, if you've had, like, a pretty fun night the night before (laughs) and you have a headache the next day, that is, like, the food that they'll go for. Well, you're saying it wasn't gravy. What? So it's it gravy. Well, I thought oh, okay. like you would get like you know if you're at McDonald's like I'll take ketchup with my fries. I thought it was like y'all have some poutine like, yeah. <laughs> with that, uh, which is ironic because it is it's French fries and mm-hmm. poured over them is brown gravy and cheese curds, and it is just the most greasy, filling, savory, delicious Filled thing with ever. Fat. Yes, all the things you shouldn't have, and it was so good. And um, I just had a very different expectation so i was very impressed with the poutine so good totally recommend poutine is amazing but probably in um you know moderation i think with those ingredients do you remember rob ford the mayor of toronto no he's he passed away since but he like was this kind of this kind of very actually just said whatever he wanted to Ah, say but he was he he actually used drugs and he's like someone was saying like well what what about this and he's like he was like no 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 i was i was doing cocaine and like eating poutine and someone was like what (laughs) and like he just like yeah i went uh, yeah i was doing it but i was eating out and i was Uh, eating poutine you can't judge me i have my poutine face and and then all of a sudden poutine came into the united states nomenclature it's like I know what crack is, but what is a poutine, <laughs> oh you know? And this was maybe about was 10 so years good. ago where I think it started invading in, like, American culture, so. Ah, uh, yeah. I have one quick one. Yeah. Ooh, go. So uh, when I was little, I remember my grandma would buy me ice cream in Poland. Mm. And it wasn't ice cream. It was actually warm ice cream. Ooh. Like fried ice cream? That would just like be the, no, it's the cream with sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So it's called um, so warm ice cream. And what it is is it's pretty much a very high calorie and cheap dessert made from egg whites. And oh. it's like an egg white mousse Whoa. served on a cone and then has um, hardening dark chocolate on top. <gasps> like the candy shell yeah. with like cordon. Mm. Super good. So um, Polish nutritionists made it in 
It was the Pol- uh, Polish. The worst top- it was the <laughs> Polish People's Republic during 1947 to 1989. So that was like during uh-huh. post World War II. Yeah, and then communist times, so <laughs> they needed high nutrition. Products. Or at least calories. <laughs> it was high, exactly high calorie, and heavy oh, no. cream was too expensive. So then the nutritionist made this dessert, warm ice cream out of egg whites. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's Are really still good. Job still markets them. for people to just create desserts for a living. That would be fun. So I'd be good at that. <laughs> I think there is. I mean, is it probably. called like a pastry chef or something? Yeah, there you yeah. Go. that's what it is. Well, I'm going to mm. throw one more in. I mean, not exactly. I'm going to throw one more in before mm-hmm. we give this to a close. Yeah. There is something called 85C. <gasps> okay. Yeah. 85C is... A bakery. Yes. It is a bakery out of um, Taiwan. Taipei, I never Taiwan. heard it, it pronounced that way. 85C or 85 degrees? Yeah. I, I always I hear 85 degrees. degrees. I'm sorry. Maybe it's 85 degrees. I thought degrees. it was well, based out of Irvine. Celsius. <laughs> it, it, Wait, it, what? It Celsius. I thought it was based out of Irvine. No, no it's out of Taipei. That's the only Taiwan. place I've ever seen it before. Do, do, so. It's actually the first one in the United States. Is the Irvine It's the one in Irvine, mm. California. But there's multiple in the United States now, right? I mean, there there's one in Orange County. Now. Okay. Right. There's opened. one at the Irvine Spectrum, but they <sighs> are actually based out of so much to Taiwan. Okay. Cheers from Disneyland, yeah. 85 degrees. <laughs> I know. I'm a, my mother must be shaking her head right now. So do you guys know why 85? Is it the temperature it's cooked at? It is the perfect temperature to brew a cup of coffee. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So my understanding, you know, kind of talking about food, is out of Taipei, Taiwan, the, um, when I was a kid, there was a lot of little mom and pop shops. I went mm-hmm. back later on as a teenager, and then you started seeing a lot of coffee shops pop up, and they were all copies of Starbucks. I was going to say, is this pre so, or post Starbucks? Okay. <laughs> okay. And then it came back another 10 years ago, and then every single mom and pop shop and local coffee shop was wiped off the face of the mm-hmm. earth as Aww. Starbucks came in and just 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 leveled the competition. And then I, I came that. back another 10 years. Now I'm starting to show how old I am. Yeah. Um, I came back another 10 years <laughs> And then all of a sudden, these shops, like 85 degrees, started showing up. And what they decided to do was they went, okay, we can't compete against the American, you know, this prestige and (laughs) such. So they said, what can we do? It's like, well, we can make great coffee drinks. They started making things like sea salt coffee, where they have um, a foam made out of cream on the top. And it's salted. And as you drink it, it's like drinking warm butter as you're drinking the, oh, sweet, Lord. So the sweet sugary coffee. What so is this called? It's called a sea salt coffee. And they have, have it at, one? at 85 yes, degrees Celsius. Seven yeah. Leaves Coffee yeah. makes a really good and that, one too. They, so they were making mm. stuff that Starbucks couldn't make. By the way, rip off that little stupid plastic leaf. Do not shake the darn thing because you won't get the same effect. You do want to shake it. You do not want to oh. shake it. You want to drink it Don't. out of the cup, get some of that warm, I mean, that foamy, buttery yeah. goodness in your mouth that's so salty. Good. And then you get that sweet, um, sweet, uh, milky coffee in your mouth yeah. and mix the two. That's when it's really amazing. But the, what I was going to talk about was that, so how do they compete? They started making specialty, specialty coffee drinks that Starbucks didn't have. And they said, mm. also, Starbucks food is okay. <laughs> it's less than okay. okay. Let's be honest. It's, it's not good. It's glorified airplane food. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so they said. Yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I'm trying to be nice. I'm sorry. Okay, you just lost our Starbucks sponsorship now. I go to Starbucks a lot. I'm a gold member status, but I don't get the food there. We're all gold members here. Don't worry. For the coffee. Um, So they started the bakery, and they offered the baked goods, which were so amazing that most lots of people just go there for the baked goods. And they actually had a bunch of celebrity chefs from Taiwan create. Going back to your, is there people who make (laughs) desserts? desserts. (laughs) These guys made specific desserts specifically to be served along with the coffee to compete against Starbucks. And their cakes are so good. Do they have taro buns? Because that's my favorite thing ever. I not believe, that I. I know. think they do, but I can point you out to some other places. So if not, so I've only ever I got them at this bakery in Riverside. Actually, I used to get the taro buns because otherwise, mm-hmm. when I look, I always see like the red bean buns or red bean pastries, but then I never find taro. Hmm. I'll find you some. Okay, I know where. That's uh, what I want. I know a couple bakeries in the area. <laughs> so let's give it now a let's close. Let's get cake. Let's get, let's close yeah. this up so we can get some cake. Let's go to eighty five <laughs> degrees yes. right now. Get that coffee. Well, so we went all around the world. We yeah. did Morocco and Chile and Canada and Cincinnati, Taiwan, Ohio. France, <laughs> Poland. Spain. Cincinnati's another yeah. country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. We'll have to do this again. There's so many foods that I'm sure you, we can bring endless. up. Endless. I keep yeah. more keep popping into my yeah. head all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Well, and thank you all mm. for listening in. And hopefully we stimulated your desire to eat. Travel and eat <laughs> you almost more. Didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, well, no, yeah. eat more. Um, we have more mm. of these uh, food. Th- we have to do more of these food things. Yeah. And um, last of all, before we go, we'd like to give a big thank you to our amazing sponsor, the University of California Irvine Division of Continuing Education. We don't want to brag, but we're the best kind of awesome at UCI. So check out our courses in person or online at ce.uci.edu. Once again ce.uci.edu for your professional courses. Thanks again for listening, and we'll we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.